Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Today is Friday, September 11th. It's 9-11 again. And I haven't forgotten. It was 19 years ago when two planes struck the World Trade Center towers in New York and very shortly thereafter the Pentagon. And none of us who were alive then can forget. For some reason, when the memorial happened this morning, it took me back to that day. And I still remember, I remember how I felt sitting on my couch in my living room in Orlando, Florida, and wondering if this were real. At first I thought they were showing a flick, (laughs) a picture of it. Then I realized it was in real time on ABC's Good Morning America. And I could not believe it. And while we were wondering if the plane, the first plane, had made a mistake and struck the tower, then we saw a second plane. And by then, we knew that something had gone terribly wrong. It was a wake-up call for us. For the first time, we entered the international foray of, of terrorism. And so the country reacted. And things have not been the same since. My youngest daughter was born about nine months later and because everybody needed comfort, just a moment of transparency. <laughs> and it sort of was that moment that brought us all together and reminded us that we're all American. I can't forget how I felt when everything had to stand still for a while and we couldn't fly, remember that? We couldn't fly about the country, we could drive, but we couldn't fly. And I don't know if you remember, too, how we couldn't make phone calls, like the networks were all down, so you couldn't call to check on folks. Uh, It was personal, too, because whilst I didn't have family members who were injured, I had friends who had children and friends who had family members. And in the days afterwards, to talk to folks, and they couldn't confirm where their children were or they couldn't confirm where their family members were was something. It was quite something. It's quite a sobering moment, isn't it? Still is a sobering moment. And you remember we are all kind of like... So on this day, we, we pause to remember the brave men and women of the NYPD and the New York Fire Department who rushed into danger and who got as many people as possible, and of course, essential workers, frontline workers, the folks to the nurses and the doctors and the hospital and trauma centers around New York got busy. The transit folks on the subways, because they shut the subways down that ended at the World Trade Center Towers. They had to bypass that track to go into Long Island, and people, you couldn't get on the train. The trains didn't work, so people were literally walking just began walking uptown. The buses weren't running. Everything was was at a standstill. And people just began walking. And women who went to work that morning or who got to work and would wear their uh, gym shoes on the train. Luckily, they still had them. Just put their gym shoes on and just kept walking back home from downtown Manhattan to back to Long Island was quite the thing. 
my ex-husband and I had just about gotten divorced because it was early, it was 2001. So we hadn't been, it hadn't been finalized yet. We were separated. And he uh, had moved to New York and he called to say, how are you guys doing? I'm like, I'm in Florida, how are you doing? And when he began to describe what it felt like, how it felt. He said it was like war all over again. He said it was the craziest thing he had ever seen. So 9-11 is quite the thing. Yeah? 9-11 we shall never forget. So it's kind of crazy that in an atmosphere like that any leader could ever refer to people who serve and call them suckers and losers. As much as we <clears throat> disagree about policing and disagree about excessive force the police use, especially about black people. It is, you could never call anybody who puts on a uniform and step out into danger, an unknown, unseen danger every day, a sucker or a loser. I disagree with the infiltration of white nationalists. And the rhetoric today, the political rhetoric, encourages the infiltration of the police force by white nationalists. I totally disavow that. But for the men and women who choose this as an occupation, not for any other agenda, but to serve their family members and their country and their communities, they are brave. I wish that I were as brave as they are. If I had one-third the bravery that they have, man, I would be a better person today. So on this 9-11 sobering, I was having breakfast with my youngest daughter this morning and I could look at her and tell her she wasn't even born yet when 9-11 happened. It was kind of, you know, you look at her like, you weren't even born, you can't begin to imagine what that was like. So it's very sobering. Wow. So we're going to take a moment of silence just to reinforce the idea that we're all Americans, and we need something good to have, especially today, this year, where the coronavirus is killing Americans. We need something to happen. So a moment of silence. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me this morning. Uh, I want to talk about today how technology is helping us catch child pornographers. Uh, In this day and age of technology and the fact that everyone has access, most people have access to being able to watch what they want, do what they want, Uh, technology is pervasive. It's everywhere, right? And people are able to download uh, whatever they want. People have access to more information and materials 
to suit their lifestyles and to suit the way they feel they should conduct themselves than before. And into this, naturally, there are going to be people who feel good. There are going to be people who look altruistically for information such as you and I. We just scour the web looking for information. But then there are people who are serving their own queer I shouldn't say queer, but their own peculiar needs, their own disgusting, perverse needs. I'm talking about child pornographers. And somebody has developed a tool that is able to catch child pornographers. And I can't tell you how the rest of us are happy about that. Aren't you happy? I am happy. I am happy about that because child pornography is on the increase. Just a few, about a year ago here in Michigan, a couple were sentenced and prosecuted because they had children for the express purpose of uh, having sex with them on the internet and selling them so that others could watch, could pay and watch. Can you imagine? They could think of no other industry or enterprise but to have children. Imagine how sick you must be to sit down and contemplate that you will get pregnant carry the baby for nine months, give birth to the baby for the sole purpose of having sex with that baby so others can pay you to watch it. It's unbelievable how perverse a generation we have become. And I know, don't get your panties up in a bunch that this is some Christian spectacle jumping all over you. Perversion is what it is. Having sex with children is not normal. Having sex with children is perversion. I don't care if it happened 2,000 years ago. It is a, it was a perversion then, it is still a perversion now. Sex should take place between consenting adults. Consenting adults. So the law says if you're over 18, you're an adult, then sex should take place between people who agree to have sex. Not people whom you forcibly force into having sex, nor people who can't give consent. The law says that's why there is a law on the age of consent in most states. Because a person who is not emotionally mature enough cannot consent to having sex. And so we need to be mindful of this because as a society, part of our charge and our job is to protect the most vulnerable. The most vulnerable are seniors and children and women. We know we, we, as a woman, I can't begin to tell you how vulnerable we recognize that we are, but at the same time, we are hoping that most of the society uh, will respond to us in a kind manner and in a manner that is conducive to safety or to conducting themselves in a safe manner. But that's not the experience that some of us have. Women are raped. Women are forced into having sex. And then you go into a justice system that makes it sound like you are asking for it. The perception from society is that, well, you must have wanted it or you must have indicated to him that you wanted it. That's why there are laws governing victims and helping survivors and victims of sexual violence to uh, not only obtain justice, but to regain some of the control and power over your life. As a survivor of sexual violence myself, I can't begin to tell you what it felt like to be violated. And I can't imagine if such a thing were to happen to me today or to any of my children. I'm looking straight into this camera right here and letting you know. I have two daughters. If any of them ever come home and say something like that, or if they ever have to call me one day with their voice trembling to say something like that, that person, whoever he is, 
or she's whoever they think they might be, there is no power on the face of the earth that they will find like mine. I promise you that because sexual violence is very, very hurtful. It takes people years to recover. It is emotionally damaging. It is physically damaging. It's brutalizing. And people have residual effects that last some of us a lifetime. I was sexually violated as a child, as a six-year-old child, by an adult male, not by a six-year-old boy, not by a 12-year-old boy or a 16-year-old boy, by an entire adult male old enough to be my grandfather. I cannot begin to tell you the traumatic effects that that caused me for the rest of my life. I've worked through it. And still, I'm a work in progress. It took me years to overcome some of the sexual barriers. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sexual violence to children, sexual violence as a, as a construct is bad. But to children, it's even worse. And something has to be done about it. We cannot as a society consider ourselves to be an advanced society or to be even civilized if we continue to condone and allow sexual violence against children to pervade, to continue as if children have no recourse. Over and over again in the last couple of days, we have seen where the FBI has conducted raids and freed children who were declared missing. So the children are declared missing, they disappear, they're taken off neighborhood streets while they're walking, they're taken while they're on their way home from schools and they they target children. They look for children whose parents are not empowered. When I say empowered, I'm not just talking about economics. I'm talking about people whom they think the society deem less than or the society deem not valuable. Therefore, if they start talking about their child is up missing, the society dismisses them. Those children disappear and are forever lost. They don't, some of whom don't recover. I worked with one woman last year who had her child missing. Her child seemed to have elected to go with a sex trafficker because she felt she needed liberation. The mother's point of view was, I don't care. She is not old enough to understand the emotional ramifications of her choice. So even though the mother herself was gravely ill, she was fighting to get her child back because she knows that that child is going to be hurt forever and a day. I know for many of you, this is an uncomfortable subject. Some of you have not even come forward to talk about how you yourself were sexually violated. Many of you have not come to grips with that or come to terms with the residual effects of the experience that you have had. And I'm sorry about that. I sincerely regret that. And I express my sympathies to you, but I also want to encourage you that when you are ready to speak up, do so. And I pray that you get to that point in your journey. There are also many people who, whilst it didn't happen to you, you knew it happened to someone you knew and loved. Someone you know, someone you care about, someone you love. It could be a child, it could be a sibling, it could be a friend. And so you become joined into that person's journey. 
because their description and their behavior is often not explained. It's much like in your own home. You can tell a child who has been sexually violated. They become withdrawn. They they act out. When children start acting out and become withdrawn, it's time to go deeper and start asking questions. What happened? Is there something going on? Please tell me. Work at breaking down their own barriers so you can help them. Because people who have sex with children, people who pursue children do not quit and do not give up. Sometimes they're the nicest people. Your daughter is hanging out at your friend's house or your son is going over to his friend's house. And that adult in that relationship becomes attracted to the child because they're sick and disgusting. And they work on the child's vulnerabilities. Anything that is going on in the child's home, they're going to use it as an entryway. And they work at breaking down the child's barriers until they achieve what they want to achieve. People who have sex with children have a problem with control. It's all about power and control. They hurt these people. They hurt children. It is my pledge. If I catch one of you, I swear to God, God is going, you're going to pray to God and you're going to need God's help because you have hurt people. The story I'm about to read to you is very disturbing. What I'm going to tell you based on this article I read is very, very disturbing. It concerns people who have sex with babies and toddlers. If you can imagine that, I have two children whom I gave birth to. I remember when they were babies and toddlers, so help me God, they're grown today. When I tell you it is by the grace of God, it truly is many of us as parents have walked that fine line between becoming a parent, being a parent and being a vigilante, being a parent and having to hover to make sure that our children stay children until it is time for them to graduate to the next level of their journey, their life journey. We need to let children be children. There are enough problems in the world today. Our children today had to grow up suddenly. Children who were in high school suddenly found themselves without a school, didn't have the rites of passage to enter into the next phase phase of their development of their psychological development. All of a sudden overnight, they had to grow up with the sudden realization that as a group of people, they're going to have to learn lessons so that they can solve problems in their generations. That was not nice. People who graduated college suddenly were thrust into adulthood because now you have no base. You graduate college, you can't go through, you can't get a job because there are no jobs available due to a pandemic. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And all of a sudden we find ourselves in this situation where we're wondering what gives. So who are these people who have sex with children? Where are they? Have you ever watched an episode of Criminal Minds? Have you ever watched Law and Order SVU? You get a pretty good idea of who these miscreants are. Yes, they're miscreants and perverts. And they better not walk across my path. I promise you because it's not going to end well, because children become hurt. I was one of them, right? So there's a tool that is available for law enforcement called Child Protection System. It's developed by uh, Outfit in Florida, a nonprofit called Rescue Coalition. And what they developed was a tool that enables them to scan people's computers 
to see what is on your computer. So people have naturally have some issues with that because they're like, that's a breach of privacy. As far as I'm concerned, if you're going on the internet to look for pictures of children, you ain't got no privacy left. You have no claim to any kind of privacy, period. For many years myself, when my youngest daughter was little, I never posted pictures of her until she became 15 or 16. And then she got mad. Like, you don't have pictures of me on your Facebook page. And I said, yes, for a reason. I don't want people scanning for pictures and they type in specifics of what they want and computer algorithms lead them to what they want. Y'all stop posting pictures of your young children. Would you? It's not cute. Stop it. There are child pornographers out there who are targeting your children. And then your children end up missing and and their faces are on the, the back of a milk carton. Stop it, will you people? Stop posting pictures of your children in their bathtubs. Yes, it's cute. Take the picture and text it to your to your mom and your dad and your cousins who want to look at it. Don't post those pictures to your Facebook page and think it's okay. They have software that looks for that. Stop posting pictures of your children on their way home from school and show pictures of your house with the, with, with the address, you know, the street number. Take it off, will you? Take it off. I kid you not. They have software. People who are engaged in child pornography are very sophisticated. You remember in the Epstein files, Jeffrey Epstein, master child molester, master sex trafficker of children with his accomplices. You know who they are. One of them who is in a powerful office today, right? Whose wife came over on the Epstein visa, right? You know, he had a powerful, he had a system. He had such a system that was so efficient, he even had standards. He even had barriers or boundaries. He didn't want black women. And he didn't want exotic women. They couldn't be Oriental, Asian. They couldn't be black. (laughs) You have to listen to that. Thank the Lord. Because that means his sexual abuse was confined. Hello, somebody. There are people in one of the stories on Netflix... Uh, Epstein paid, uh, a guy paid Epstein to have sex with 12-year-old twin girls from France that they flew over on the Epstein visa, landed on a private jet, and were paid, this man paid a lot of money for him to have sex with 12-year-old girl um, uh, teenagers. They were twins. Are you listening to me? Child pornography happens right in front of us. It could be your neighbor. And your neighbor, he doesn't look like a child, pedo- he doesn't look like a pedophile. He's not driving a pedo van. He's your ordinary guy who gets up every day and goes to work, whether he wears a suit to work or he wears shirt and tie, or he's the plumber, or he's the gardener. A, a man told me years ago that you are, we are so vulnerable, we don't even rec- realize it. The people whom we let into our homes, the plumbers, the handyman, the people who know our homes because we bring them in to fix stuff, those are the people you have to watch. When when the F, when your child goes missing, the police show up and they ask questions. Answer the darn questions because they're going to, don't get defensive. They're going to ask you who comes to your house. Answer the question because ten, nine out of 10 times, it's someone who knows your home and knows your children. 
nine out of ten times is someone who is very familiar and comfortable with your whole your household this is why they say when murders happen it's usually someone in your circle ain't a lie unless it's a professional you know an assassin or something right be very very careful when you have children so so many of us are just so wide open we don't even know have you ever looked at your husband's laptop why is he on the internet while you're asleep i'm very suspicious of that if he's on the internet while you're asleep and and whenever you're out of the home you need to go have access to that bad boy he's looking at something he does not want you to see and you don't want the feds to show up at your house because then it's too late because then you lose your job you lose your home you lose your face in the community and you lose everything so why not ask questions what you're looking at he's on the phone at night while you're asleep why are you downstairs on the phone at night while i'm asleep ask questions It's amazing to me how we allow things, we let things slide. You know something is wrong, but you're not doing anything about it. Why is he always traveling? Have you asked that question? He travels a lot for work. Have you ever taken a flight behind him to see if he's actually doing that? Have you ever turned on the location settings on his phone to see where he actually is? Oh, I'm just going to go down the street to buy some smokes, or I'm just going to go to the store to pick up some milk. Why, why you didn't pick it up on the way home? You see now, then they make it sound like you're suspicious, but these are questions that need answers. I don't want the feds to show up at my house while I'm thinking I'm happily married or I'm married and everything is okay. He's a professor, but he seems to have a really good relationship with, his, the, with the female students in his class. Why doesn't he have boundaries about how students can reach out to him and communicate with him? Why is he always working late? Ladies, ask the tough questions. We're a partnership, aren't we? We're in a partnership. Let me know. You'd be surprised what happens when you start asking questions. All of a sudden, people's heckles get up. You don't trust me. Oh, the minute they ask that question, ladies, stop talking and go hire a PI. Go get a private investigator. The private investigator will tell you that he's meeting some guy over yonder with some child. We had a story here in the Detroit area a few years ago about a well-known chef who turned up missing. I mean, his family were on Facebook, how he's the nicest guy. He's a, 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 a thing to the community. And well, he turned up missing because he was having sex with a 16-year-old and paying her pimp to have sex with a child. And the reason he got killed was he insisted that he had paid money to have sex with her without a condom. A 16-year-old. Are you hearing me? But his family and friends said he was the best thing since sliced bread. He was an honorable man, a family man who takes care of his children. But he was having sex with somebody else's child. Hello, somebody. So this tool called Child Protection System scans people's computers to see who is downloading pictures of children and videos. And what that does is it establishes probable cause so that law enforcement can then get a warrant to go search the person's home. If they can confiscate, find it, and they confiscate it, well, we have a case that they can prosecute and get these people off the streets. 
this is a good tool to have because you're not going to believe it, but we know that cases of violence escalated after the coronavirus breakdown. People were at home more. They felt that their laptops were not being policed as much because they're not at work. You know, people were downloading more child pornography and child pornographic videos. You know that. Yes, they did. Right? It lets officers search by country, state, city, or county, and it displays a ranked list of the internet addresses downloading the most problematic files. The tool looks for images that have been reported or seized by police and categorized as depicting children under age 12. So these people who uh, like to have sex with children apparently like prepubescent children. So the children who are not developed yet. You know, as adulthood sets in, teenagers, their bodies transform and so on. Well, they apparently like having sex with prepubescent children. God help us all. God help me, I should say. It has had a bigger effect because the technology is developed by the coalition that I told you about and the Child Rescue Coalition. It gives it free to law enforcement agencies. And it's used in 95 countries, including Canada, the UK, and Brazil. Since 2010, it has trained about 12,000 law enforcement investigators. And get this, as much as that is pervasive, given to all states for free, and given to 95 other countries, it's still just a drop in the bucket. Because what the experience is that people who download child pornography are very slick. Don't think they just have your regular MacBook. Yeah, and they use a regular browser. They have firewalls and they become more adept at navigating the intricacies of using the web to access the data. A lot of people who use child pornography and who view child pornography and who uh, trade in and traffic in child pornography, a lot of those people use not the regular web, they use the dark web, they use the deep web. Because there is more, especially for people who have specific and more perverse desires. I kid you not. It is the sickest thing. It is disgusting. It is wicked. It is perverse. Yes, you're not going to like those terms, but it is what it is. Let's not beat around the bush about this. Child pornography is happening right under our noses. It could be happening with a guy next door. Years ago, I was uh, uh, counseling someone and uh, she was a 911 operator. I'm sorry, not 911. What's that thing? 900 operator, right? And that meant she operated a sex line. So she's one of those people you call on the line. And, you know, she was seeking spiritual counseling and spiritual guidance. And I kid you not, she confessed that her biggest, uh, her largest group of uh, purveyors, of customers, were white men, 45 and up, who were affluent. They were the ones who wanted the weirdest, freakiest things to happen sexually. And all she was doing was using her voice on the phone. Shout out to her how powerfully she could say something that created a picture in their minds. 
but they were the ones who had the freaky who had the freakiest desires and they also paid good money to her she said oh their credit cards worked every time all the time she was seeking to get out of it because her conscience clicked in she has small children and she for the life of her she couldn't reconcile having small children and at the same time she had a uh, a uh, performing 900 phone calls. So when her intersection happened, she sought spiritual counseling and that's that's how that happened. I was shocked and disgusted. I could not believe that such a thing could happen. It's crazy how stuff works. You would be surprised and I, I and I was shocked too because she said you'd be surprised who does this. It's much like I operate a shelter for human trafficking victims and a few years ago one of my first experiences was uh when the inhabitants and the residents uh when they explained to me who their network is who comes to them seeking sexual services and how deviant it was and the groups of people and the occupations that required more deviant behavior people are deviant and these are the most upstanding people in any community they sit down and look you straight in the eye while as soon as they can they have a date to go perform sexually violent acts on human beings when you hear cases of children being sexually abused they were not abused by other children they are being abused by adults I was reading a story on the web recently where a woman said that her uh she was suing a daycare center or a school. Remember that story? And her because the one of the children in the classroom was uh performed uh kind of raped her child. He performed oral sex on her son. And it was of concern to the people at the school because what does that sound like to you? How does a 4-year-old know how to do that because he somebody did it to him people are in their homes having sex while children are watching you don't shut the door everybody tries to go to sleep make sure they're asleep but you shut the door and lock the door so they don't come in people get naked in front of small children i kid you not You have to start having these conversations about good touch bad touch. I'm big on that. I have daughters too when they were little I told them about good touch bad touch. And there is a there's a grand age of 6 years old that everybody has to go in the bathroom by themselves and you have to teach them. Yes, I'm outside the bathroom but I can't come in. It's one of the things of of being a parent because you enjoy, you know, playing with them in the water and stuff like that but after a while you have to tell them it's not okay for an adult to be in the bathroom with you and any adult who comes in you need to let mommy know you're not alarming them but you say you need to let mommy know and if they make you uncomfortable then you need to scream do you see what i'm saying you have to talk to them and then you you can't rub lotion on them anymore you know how you used to tickle them and rub lotion on their feet and stuff so now you have to express it. Well, you have to put it there so it won't get dry and ashy. 
And then, why do I have to do that? And then they come out of the bathroom and they don't want to put lotion on. And you're like, you have to moisturize, otherwise you'll be ashy. Well, what is ashy? It's when your skin looks funny. Well, what makes it look funny? Why is it dry? I kid you not. Ch- childhood is amazing. Children are so amazing. And it's amazing. You want them to grow up. And you want them to be unharmed. You don't want them to be harmed. I, I kid you not. The story I read is so disturbing. About how they found this particular guy. I kid you not. I'm going to read his name out. He's a creep. But they caught, they got him. And in this particular story, this dude is in Boca Raton. His name is Tay Christopher Cooper. Check this out. He's a retired high school history teacher in Carlsbad, California. They found, for uh, uh, investigators found, 11,600 photos and videos depicting child sexual abuse. This man is a retired high school history teacher. Among the videos was a man showing raping a toddler girl and you know how how they depicted the video it's a crying baby and the police were led to his home because they used the system the child protection uh, system that scans file sharing networks so how it works is it's really it's actually really not on the person's computer it's on file sharing networks right and file sharing networks shows what ip addresses you remember when i think it was after 9-11 that our computers had ip addresses they made sure every device every electronic device so your ipad your tablets even the ones you buy in the store for 59.99 it has an ip address right it's IP internet protocol, right? And so it's unique to that device. So if you were ever to look into your mobile account, say you have one of these mobile carriers, AT&T Verizon, have you ever really gone into it and seen how it stores your devices? Do you know that they also have a record of all the devices you've used? So what this technology does is it scans all the file sharing networks that perhaps have this uh, information and it can tell which IP addresses that is downloading these pictures. I think it's very unique, isn't it? And so once they isolate the IP addresses that download it, they're then able to go visit the person. And here comes your life being destroyed. Because your husband, who professes to love you, you've been married for 28 years, you even have grown children. Suddenly, your husband, of course you're going to say you have the wrong person, that cannot be true. But he's just standing there looking because he's as guilty as they come. We should have a roll call of all these people who are child uh, child pornographers, right? He had one of the file sharing programs monitored and he didn't know. And it searches for 200 terms linked to child sexual abuse. So, you know, they have specifics. So they go on the internet and they they look for those kinds of programs. This thing is giving me a headache. I better hurry up and wrap wrap it up. It, it, it It is very, it is affecting me.
right? And some of these people are repeat offenders. Like they keep going back and back. They can't get enough. It's crazy. It, 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 and, and as much as we try to catch these people, you realize that some of these, this is just a drop in the problem. And when law enforcement encounter these things, you don't just want the person to go to jail. You want them to be sent away and never come back because you don't want them to continue to inflict harm because they're not, re- for some reason, these people are not rehabilitated easily. For some reason, they, they, they're repeat offenders. It, it's, it, they describe it. It's just like a drug, like uh, cocaine, or if you've ever been addicted to a substance, it's still in you, so you have to fight the urge. But it's the same thing with these people. How many people who are child offenders, who are sex offenders, but they come out of jail and they catch them watching kids. You're not supposed to be near a school, but there they are doing a peeping Tom thing or looking through people's bedrooms. So they don't have to do that anymore because they might show up on your ring camera. So they definitely are going on the internet and typing in www.letmelookforwhatiwantinchildpornography. And it, it, it is something that it is happening so pervasively and it happens across all socioeconomic lines. You have people like Jeffrey Epstein who gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for providing a service. No wonder they had to kill him because he knew too much. He had all the files on all the people who, who paid him. He probably kept a file. You were stupid if you walked up into Jeffrey Epstein's house to have sex with that 12-year-old teenage, uh, teenage 12-year-old twins because he must have had a file on you. But he was paying you $200,000, so you thought that that bought, effectively bought his silence. Yeah, he's not going to rat you up, but in the event that he got caught, he had you on film. No wonder he was he's killed. And that's Jeffrey Epstein, who has wealthy clients. What about the regular dude down here in the street? What about Joe Blow out there, who's just sitting on his laptop or using his cell phone to scour the web? What about some guy who says, you know what, there's a, there's a group of, there's a family down there. They don't want to got not, nothing going on. I can go take all their kids, put them in a house, and man, we can make some money by selling pictures on the web. People do that. It is the craziest thing. People do do that. So we have to have technology that is able to scan and protect these children from harm. It's up to you and I because most people, they're not going to stop and do it because their friends are doing it. And you want a favor done, but you know that that guy, it's much like in the way some people will tell their kids, go be nice to Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown likes to look at people. Mr. Brown likes to look at kids. He also likes to touch them. You send your child to go mow the lawn next door, but Mr. Brown likes to touch your son's hand. And your son comes back and says, he's creepy. He makes me feel funny. Listen. He asks your son, what kind of sports do you play? Show me how you play ball. Looking at your son's little body walking around. Next thing you know, you and I are headed over to Mr. Brown's house and Mr. Brown is, is no longer talking. Amen. Sounds like vigilantism. Well, I leave it in your hands. Because you have to ask yourself the question, I can't afford to let him continue having access to my child. The damage has already been done. And the damage is irreversible. I think we need to come to terms with the long-term effects of these kinds of trauma. We need to understand that the mental and emotional trauma 
that arises from physical acts of violence that are done to human beings are even more damaging in the long term. And some forms of therapy, especially the therapy that makes you recount the event, does not help. It does not offer any kind of remedy to the person. I've had that situation. We're talking about it. All it did was reignited it. Look, it's very simple and personal. The damage, the physical trauma, that person has to live with it forever. It's always in your mind. You, It's always there. You might bury it somewhere, but it's there. And it has triggers. People don't like to be touched. Not because they're an empath. Yeah, but because being touched reminds them of a time when somebody else touched them and hurt them. And you're looking at people and saying they're weird, they're this, but you don't know their story. And when the rest of us seek to educate the public about the harmful effects of violence and sexual violence that happens to children, we don't open our eyes and we don't open our ears and open our minds to understand and receive the information. You think it's accusatory, but why should it land on you as being accusatory if you're not guilty? If you've never looked at a child, if you've never touched a child, why is it accusatory? You know, all these people come up and say, well, he has served his time and he has done this, but he had a problem that I don't know if it's fixed. So I'm not going to trust him around my child. You can keep him around yours if you like, but I'm not going to trust him around mine. You can accept his story of being rehabilitated. I'm not going to keep him around mine. A few years ago, I closed on this. Here in Michigan, a woman, uh, her father was a pastor. Just goes to tell you that religion is not a panacea for stupidity. Yeah? Just because you love God, God also gave you wisdom and insight. So are you going to now look at other people and... Just say, oh, for the love of God, they say they're rehabilitated, so accept them. It doesn't work that way. This woman's father advocated for the release of a man who had killed his pregnant girlfriend. He killed his pregnant girlfriend when she was almost eight months pregnant. He went to jail for it. So her father went and advocated for him to have, having served some time to be released. He was paroled. He started dating the pastor's daughter, who happened to have two older children. She lived with him for a period of time, and she even had children with him. One day, he killed all four of her children and tied her up so she could watch it. Then he called the police to tell the police what he had done. Her father was still alive. I hope wherever he is, he has to live with that for the rest of his life. Was he rehabilitated? There, we gotta accept there are some things that belie the human ability to overcome. People change if they want to. Some people hide and do not change. If a man killed his pregnant girlfriend, why do you think that you should have him around your children? 
he killed all four of her children, including the ones she had with him. I'm saying to you today that people who perpetrate sexual violence against children are a danger to my children, and you should think they're a danger to yours. We should support law enforcement in their efforts to eradicate it from our society and our communities. We should. And we should all be actively looking at people who engage with our children. What kind of contact do we allow people to have with our children? There has to be boundaries. Talk to your children about good touch, bad touch until they're old enough to understand. Let them know that anything that makes them feel uncomfortable they are, it's okay with them feeling uncomfortable and withdrawing from such activity. Don't push your children into sports programs knowing that the coach is touchy-feely and is a free willy when it comes to that. You can't ignore the signals. It is right there in front of you. It's right there in front of us. Some of these folks are sexual predators. It's as naked as daylight, but they smile and are charismatic. So we say, oh, you don't have to hate their personality. Just ignore their personality and look at the facts. The facts are, he's a child molester and grabs women by the, that's the fact. If that is your case and that's the story, then it is what it is. Child pornography is real. Let's support organizations that can try to eradicate it. And let's support law enforcement. If you see something, say something. Speak up if you know something. You might just stop another child from being mutilated and violated. This is Harriet Kemick with Down to Earth. Thank you so much. It's Friday, September 11th. On this solemn day, we commemorate those whose lives were lost on that day. And we support the military and law enforcement in their efforts to rid our society of violence against women, and violence against children. We call for an exodus from violence in all sectors of our society and our community. Thank you so much, everybody. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. Thank you so much. Be blessed.